Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is, by all intents and purposes, a teen drama fan cast. Yeah, we're uh, tired. Talking about and talking about Riverdale. <laughs> we just watched the episode, uh, and it made us tired. It it did. Sometimes we're tired on the show because we're tired because we've done something fun or eaten a lot of meat. Yeah, <laughs> but in this one, we're really, really thinking about that episode. We watched it. So I guess uh, sort of a spoiler-free thing, which we sometimes do. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on what we have anything else to talk about. So they, they, this is another um, split into three parts one, mm-hmm. where they do each story as its own, like, beginning of the show, middle of the show, end of the show thing, like they did with Tales from the Dark Side. Yes. Difference being this one isn't themed. <laughs> well, it is themed. It's themed the man in black. Because Hiram Lodge is in all three storylines, yeah. wearing his black jacket. Yeah, yeah, it's, the- it's themed that such way. So its theme is Hiram. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's not... It's not it's strange. Well, it's, it's strange that they decided... The, and by splitting it into three, what they ended up doing is made time very fluid, which means I don't understand what's happening and when it's happening. This is a... Good. Yeah, there's some things we're going to have to figure out. Yeah. I will. I was going to say it's not a spooky episode, but it kind of is a spooky episode. Betty's part is spooky Spooky. And Archie and Jughead's is pretty spooky, too. Yeah. Veronica's is her Veronica. own thing right in the middle and goes off the rails from point one. But, um, I, I'll say something that I said before uh, we started watching the show is that in a really weird way, I'm into a lot of the things that Riverdale is doing. It's just... Not doing them in a way that makes my brain understand the, it. The problem it has is that it has a history. Like, if this was the pilot episode, I specifically think of Archie and Jughead's part. You'd be like... Oh. I'd be like, I'm interested. I want to see where this goes. These boys are going to see Jugheads? Uh, that's a spoiler. Yeah, but but when but when I know where they came from, and I know it brought them to this point, and I know that like God and the actors do such a good job. They do such like such like, a good job. Like my God, they give a hundred and ten percent into some of these real Real suspect storylines. KJ Appa and Cole Sprouse in that barn? Like, they are two little boys who have grown up into talented man actors yeah, over the past no, three years. They're, uh, they're doing... And, and, and Lily Reinhold. I mean, L- Lily is always yeah. stellar. Yeah, Lil- yeah, Lily's always, always great. Um, uh, and even, uh, was it? Camilla. Camilla Mendez. Um, she does the best she can. Yeah, I, I, It's I mean, not her I mean, fault. I mean, even she, like... And I, and we could say that for all the actors, like oh my god, this and it's as usual. It's shot beautifully, but there's a falling apart point. There's a falling apart point, and it makes me tired. On the other hand, oh Betty's storyline is on point with the writing this episode. I yeah, don't know, it's like they put all of the good writers on her. I mean, portion in in some part. Like the problem is, it still has the same problem as other ones have, where it has history. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a few moments that that are confusing, but not like breaking as we get with <laughs> other things. So I think at this point, we might as well just get into it because all we want to do is talk about Riverdale. Yeah, because it's it's one of those episodes. So let's do this. This is Riverdale season three, episode six. What? No, it's not. 
It's episode seven. seven. This is I wrote I wrote down six. How could it only be seven? Even if yeah, being only seven is still still rough. So this is Riverdale season three, episode seven, The Man in Black. Spoiler, spoiler, the man in black is Hiram. Yeah, is, remember Jughead was like, oh, the man in black's clearly Hiram. And then he goes over and is like, it's not me, it's him. It's him. It's him. <laughs> Who else is it going to be? Oh, and by the way, as we learned, apparently this is like world reaching. Oh, he is the most conniving crimer that is, has ever crimed. Yeah, boy, that would have been fun to know any time before this moment. When we literally thought he was just a white-collar criminal who did an embezzlement, yeah. just like Jimmy Cooper. Just, I mean, even when they said he was mafia, I'm just like, he feels yeah, real yeah. incompetent. And yeah. now let's be clear, he still feels pretty incompetent. But somehow, <laughs> Jimmy Cooper only defrauded the OC. Hiram. <laughs> I guess you can't def- No, defrauding is the right word. He's defrauding reality. <laughs> He's defrauding reality. <laughs> All right. So we start out, and this is another segmented episode. We start, and it starts with Archie and Jughead. They've been walking. We start with a Jughead voiceover. Yeah. They've been walking for days. You could mistake them for brothers. <laughs> nope. In, in, in many ways, they were brothers. Like, no, you look nothing alike. <laughs> the reason that we mistake you for brothers are the reasons that you are brothers. Because your hearts are one. <laughs> Like, no one would do that. No one would look at the U2 and be like, mm, you two are clearly related by blood. It's like when people see you and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm, you two clearly related by blood. We are, but. Yeah. <laughs> it would be better if it was like, you know, Cole and Dylan Sprouse. But, yeah. you know, there's only so much you can do you with can KJ Apple. Uh, so we have a brief scene, or a brief shot, where Jughead calls Betty and he's like, Hey, it's just me again. It's pretty weird I haven't been able to get you on the phone for days. By the, by the, what would, if he got her, what would he say? Oh, hey, Betty. Still run away. <laughs> Glad I could catch you. Just letting you know, I'm not in Riverdale anymore, and I may never come back. I'm running into the night in the daytime. With Archie. So everything you love, goodbye. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, I guess that's it. Well, we're going to look for a place to settle down. We're gonna, call you when we do. We're going to call you when we find some uh, some place to lay our heads and uh, and start a new life. I'm like, what? This is, <laughs> what the, this, this is the most teenage thing ever where they're just like, we're going to run away and start a new life. And I'm like, how? Hey, 16-year-olds <laughs> without a high school degree, what kind of job and, you know, mortgage <laughs> or rent, lease are you ever going to get? Well... At a certain point, they're, they're just talking, and Jughead's like, we got to find a place. And Archie's like, maybe we already have. And he gestures <laughs> to the side. Where there's just a farm. So I guess they're just, they take that farm now. Just a random farmer. <laughs> just like, we'll be, we'll live here. <laughs> this is, this naturally grown farm. This farm that we're standing next to. No way anyone could live there. <laughs> Archie, someone built that. Someone, that's someone's house. <laughs> someone lives there. Someone just. How does it just grow out of the ground naturally? But Jughead, they'll want us. Don't you know that Polly and Jason tried to run away to a farm? And then Polly ran away to the farm. <laughs> but clearly this farm is... <sighs> I don't know. Um, well, they... this farm is not good. No, because they head in the farm and they're immediately met by a little gun-wielding girl. Named Gracie. Yeah. And Jughead makes a bizarre... makes a decision that only makes sense if he already knew the script. It's true. Like, I don't know why Jughead made this, but Jughead introduces them as Callan 
Biff. Now, Archie and Jughead know that Archie's name has been cleared, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, because Veronica told them. Remember, Veronica called up yes. and said, hey, Archie, good news. You're no longer wanted. Archie does think that Hiram will chase him to the ends of the earth. Yeah, but I... So Archie lying would well, make no, sense. I don't think... Ar- I don't know if Archie believes Hiram will chase him to the end of the, er- ends of the earth. I think Archie just believes if he goes back to Riverdale, Hiram will mess with him. Mm. Why would any... I mean... Why would any reasonable now we know grown that, adult man... <laughs> we know that Archie's not reasonable, but this is a weird leap for him to take to be like, now clearly, if... Like, clearly, we have to use a fake name in case Hiram Lodge... Rich guy from Riverdale comes by this farm and, and says, for us. "Excuse me, have you seen Archie Andrews?" In case he's hunting us down, but no, Jughead's like, "I'm Cal, and this is Biff," which and is great. Archie's totally a Biff. Yeah, and I gotta wish he would have been like, "We're brothers." <laughs> like, no, you're not. But and- what they what they say is they were jumped on a train. Yeah, and lost all their money. Yeah, and they just want some food and water. Well. Gracie doesn't like him, uh, but, but Lori. Her, her beautiful older older sister, who's very Maggie from Walking Dead-esque, yeah. is like, you like Stu? Now, at this point, it really feels like Laurie already knows what's going on, doesn't it? It does. Because she acts real weird. Now. Which. <laughs> she knows. Okay, we we can't talk about this without spoiling it. Yeah, no, that's fine. She knows that Hiram Lodge is looking for an Archie Andrews. Has Archie <laughs> taken his hat off at this point? Did she see his red hair and think there can only be one red-headed man? <laughs> I mean, the other ones are blossoms. And you know what? Catching a blossom might be okay, too. All the blossom men are dead. This This does mean that Hiram has immediately sent out the word to every, like... He's used his paranet. Yeah, he... <laughs> Yeah, to uh, to be like, I'm looking for Archie Andrews for reasons unknowable even to me. <laughs> but if you see that redheaded man, you call me on the phone. So uh, Laurie's like, hey, you, you like stew? And that does a hard cut to them eating dinner outside. Outside stew. Now, and bread. Now, I guess it kind of later, Gracie's like, and never enter the main house. I'm going to be clear for you, audience, right now. That sounds like a mystery. I'll let you know right now. It's not. Gracie just, just doesn't it's want It's just around. a weird thing that Gracie says because <laughs> there is no resolution there, to that plot line. There is, in fact, no further hints that anything could be happening in the main house. No, nah, Gracie's just like, don't come into my house. I don't like you boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Archie asks... <laughs> So many questions, because he's so dumb and happy. Yeah. He's like, oh, where are all the boys? The farm's pretty big. Don't people need to work on the farm? Yeah, and we learn that all the men are at a job. Up down, river. Down the river. Down the river. <laughs> Doesn't matter. On yeah. a river. And then Lori's like, so, you want to sleep in the barn? And Chuckhead's like, this is real sketch. No, yeah, at this point, Lori's like, you should stay. You should stay in the barn. You should sleep in the barn. And Jughead's like, sketchy, sketchy. And she's like, yeah, I like Barnes. <laughs> Jughead, we found friends. Yeah, Archie's also a pretty, pretty into her. She's very pretty. We did have to remind ourselves that he did break up with Veronica. Yeah, we were very confused. Though I would like to point out that Archie has never felt like the player type. So, no. Th- so, I mean... It, it's it, This feels more like a Reggie moment, but you know what? It's, it's fine. Fine. He's, Archie he's, has he's been, a young hormonal boy. And he's been hit on the head 
a lot this season. He might have gotten a little bit dumber. Yeah. His dad has not tuned up his programming in, like, (laughs) probably two months. Yeah, because Jughead doesn't know how to do that. No. Uh, So the boys, they get their sleep in the barn, and uh, which, to, I guess, help pay their way, Archie... Is going to move hay. (laughs) Shirtless and a little bit oiled up. Now, there is a short moment where Jughead's like, Ooh, well, don't you think maybe they're lying to us? And then Archie's like, well, we're lying to them, Cal. And then they turn, and Laurie <laughs> is standing there and has heard everything. No, clearly she has. Clearly. Uh, but, but no one reacts God to that. God bless them. They're going to keep it up. Uh, so Archie works shirtless because that's what you do when you're moving hay, getting all that itchy hay itchy. all over yourself. Even our brother Brian, who does not watch the show, commented that. I do like to imagine that Archie woke up in the morning and just like tore his shirt off and was like, well, time to get to work. I would also like to point out... Archie's scar is gone yeah, from he, his stab wound. Yeah, he's not stabbed anymore. It's been a few days, Aaron. That's healed up. And uh, what are you talking about, Aaron? It's been a few days. You don't get a wound from you don't you don't get anything permanent. That would that would besmirch his perfect porcelain form. There's no way his intestines were damaged by that stomach stab. And the, and the fact it was infected. Yeah, there's no way that's scarred up. No, no, no. He's fine. Also, you can no longer see his brand, which. I kind of tried to explain away, but being like, I guess it's under the belt line, but that means he has a belt that's just rubbing against that raw brand. That rough denim just rubbing against his injury. And also, that's real low to brand someone. That is like pelvis. It's like a penis brand. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, they had to have pulled pants down to get it there. <laughs> He's wearing sweatpants. Maybe he just wears them real low on his hips. But like, this Ooh. feels like such a moment where it's like... You established he's stabbed with a stab wound, and you gave him a brand. And then you and followed then through with none of and them. And you decided to not do that because you wanted to have, let's be clear, just hot Archie. Now, to be fair, his tattoo is still there. Which is good. Which, which is, is good. good. I mean, that, but that makes him look cool. Ooh, not so w- tough. Not, not weak, because scars make people look weak. No it's one like, cool ever has had a scar. It's not like that could have been a cool moment to talk to about Laurie, but being like, how'd you get a scar on your body? He's like, oh, I can't talk about it. Or, you know, he could have talked about it, which would make way more sense than when he does talk about who he is. But we'll get there. Yeah. Jughead is like, I'm not going to work. I'm instead going to go to this creepy close by town of Athens. Which is mostly deserted. And littered with symbols of the Gargoyle King. Which he takes pictures of doesn't facially react to yeah i feel like they didn't tell cole sprouse what he was doing in this scene because he's taking photos of these like you would take photos of a rather large cow or like cool graffiti yeah you're like he's like oh, okay cool yeah yeah, yeah. No. no these are the symbols that were on the boys backs and, and you are days away from riverdale like yeah. you have walked for days you are far away it's got to be like a good 30 kilometers yeah i mean probably more than that miles <laughs> probably more than 30 kilometers how many kilometers can you walk in a day uh i man i actually should know this because you have to do it all the time when you're writing like adventure things you can do like i guess it takes like an hour to walk 5k it yeah. takes half an hour to run 5k yeah 
Okay, so, so they could be like a hundred kilometers away. Yeah, I mean, you're usually the idea is that with a march, you're walking for like eight hours a day, twelve if you want to push it. But where were they sleeping all this time? Out in a field, Aaron. Out oh. in a field. All right. They could well, or they just haven't been sleeping because they never found a place to lay their heads. Why do they look so spotless and not have tired circles? Other than Cold Sprouse's ever existing cold because, tired circles, because it would make them less hot. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so as he's taking these photos, he sees an old woman. And he has a conversation with her, <laughs> and sort of. She's very open. He's like, hey, what's been going on here? And she goes, this town hasn't always been this way. And he's like, cool. That's not the question I asked, but okay, keep going. The fizzle rocks are here. Oh, no. He's like, oh, it was the jingle jangle. Oh, yeah. And then the fizzle rocks. But the fizzle rocks were also first. <laughs> they came back. And the symbols showed up. And the when boys the, are gone. <laughs> when the fizzle rocks came. And he's like, hmm. This, <laughs> essentially, Jughead walks around this town and finds NPCs to <laughs> tell him lore. It's true. Because he goes, I mean, we're just going to go right to this one. Yeah, let's skip. He goes, after taking, taking some photos of gargoyle graffiti, he finds some girls. The girls are playing dungeons. Nope. Griffins and gargoyles. <laughs> In the back of a truck. Also, they're doing drugs. And these girls are like 12, 13. And... <laughs> Now, the grandmother made it very clear. There's Fizzle Rocks the candy and Fizzle Rocks the drug, but I assume... They're the same thing? We're all seeing... I assume we're all seeing the drug here. That would explain why everyone's so open. <laughs> so, Jughead walks up to them and is like, hey, what's going on? And prepare for the <laughs> onslaught of information. So... It turns out that all the guys in town have been shipped along the river to build a prison. But it's not just a prison. It is a fizzle rock producing factory. And at this point, we're like, well, that's that's clearly Hiram, I guess. And that's the thing that Hermione was alluding to last season when she told Veronica to buy the white worm. Yeah, yeah, I guess that. So the prison is not just a a for-profit prison. It's a... Drug front. Once again, this is one of those things where it's like, people's reactions to it make sense if they knew it was in the script. Yes. And like, like Luke Perry Andrews was like, in the script, it says you're going to turn that into a drug lab. So that's what I'm reacting to. That's why I'm so angry. Now, for-profit prisons are bad. Yes. Prisons do not necessarily make a town a bad thing. I went to, we've talked about this before. Um, They... Jughead mentions the same with Gracie, and they're like, "Oh no, uh, Gracie thinks she's so she's so cool, but her dad also works for the Man in Black." And he's like, "The Man in Black? Yeah, he wears a black suit and he drives a black car, and he took all the men away." And he owns this town. Oh, I want to be clear: no one in no one in existence has <laughs> ever spoken like these. Like these three little girls speak; they are not human beings. They are machines. You push a button on, and they spew plot at you. And if you press it enough, they will repeat what they said the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a loop. <laughs> when Jughead asked the next question, they just they just went back up to the, you play G&G? Are like, you a king? No, I'm a game master. And just went from there. What level are you at? <laughs> I, I told you, almost four. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm I, in a loop. <laughs> oh, I, I ran out their dialogue. Now I can progress the storyline. <laughs> Better go back to the farm. Better go find another NPC to talk to. Hey, look, there's a man with an, with an exclamation point over his head. That's probably a quest. So back at the farm, Lori has decided to <laughs> shave Archie's face and for him. And Riverdale, you can't do that. 
you can't skip over the necessary scene to lead up to the point where a stranger shaves a stranger's face. And they try to explain it by having her be like, oh, I used to do it for my dad. But why are you doing it for him? He can do it for himself. Also, he had no facial hair. <laughs> he can't grow facial hair. He's a boy. And she's no one's doing with a straight razor. There's I feel like there could have been so many lead ups to this scene. Now let's be fair, most of them will be dumb. But But I need to see them. You can't cut back in on this mid go. So uh she invites him to stay. For good. And then she kisses him on the mouth. She real straddles him and also holds that straight razor real close to his <laughs> neck. Yeah, it's foreboding. They really make it clear that she's creepy. But Archie, sweet, sweet, dumb, sweet, big, dumb Archie, compulsively tells the truth. No, I can't. I have a girlfriend. Also, sit down. I got a story for you. Let me tell you. My girlfriend's name is Veronica Lodge. Her dad is Hiram Lodge. He wants to make me dead. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I threatened his crime industry. Also, I shouted that I killed a boy, but I didn't kill the boy. I was just trying to stop other people from threatening Hiram. Anyway, my name is Archie Andrews. It's nice to meet you. I'm very sorry I said my name was Biff, but Hiram Lodge wants me to be a dead. <laughs> and... Once again, what? <laughs> Once again, why? Now, what happens next chronologically is the scene with Jughead and the little girl NPCs. But we yeah. already talked about that. So we'll go back where Archie's eating lunch. Yeah. And uh, L- Lori brings it out for him. In and, a frying pan, yeah. which is a weird thing to do. <laughs> but we'll learn that that was a ploy to hit him real so hard in the hard. back of the head. If we thought Archie was dumb before... <laughs> He's going to be so much dumber. I mean, she, is, she hits him solid with a cast iron pan. He should be dead. He should be dead. He is intracranial bleeding. If he does not have a concussion next episode, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. Now, I, now, I want to take this moment to explain that everything that led up to this had, bo- had at least me. I don't know about you. I was like, is this a dream? Are they dreaming? Like when he kissed her back? And when 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 she was bringing him the blanket in the beginning of the the thing, and he was like, you know, giving her the, I was like, is Jughead dreaming? This feels like a Jughead dreaming. Well, and you kept asking me, has he been drugged? Yeah. When did he get drugged? Because he wasn't acting normal, but then he gets knocked out. I'm like, oh, I guess it's just a thing we're going to be doing now. So uh, Jughead comes back to the farm because he's exhausted all of the NPCs <laughs> that he can talk to. Yep. And he strides up over the hill. And then has to, I think, drop to the ground. Yeah, he he, he hides very badly. Because <laughs> he sees that black car has pulled up. And out of it? Steps the man in black. It's Hiram. It's Hiram. It's Hiram. It's Hiram. And <laughs> Hiram, man, all the things that had to lead up to this this moment. Like, I don't understand why he, why he wants to find Archie so bad. I don't understand why Archie and Jughead had to hide their identities. I don't actually even understand why Laurie and Gracie hid the fact that their parents worked at a prison. Well, so he gets out of the car. He says to Gracie and Lori, because they're both there. Yeah. And no one is with Archie's corpse. (laughs) Uh, He says to them, well, I understand you have something for me. Let's go talk. Don't worry. Your dad and brother's debts will be repaid. You can have them back. Yes. So I guess he's running indentured servitude? Yeah, as well? I don't know how that's happening. I don't know what's going on there. I'm pretty sure <laughs> This we... can't be taking place in America, Aaron. In America, in the year of our Lord, 2018. No, yeah. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> but 
as Aaron said, Archie is left alone by these dumb kids who don't know how to take care of a prisoner. Turns out, though, he's not a corpse. He's very much alive and conscious. Yeah, and full of bloodlust. So Jughead runs in. He unties his best friend. He's like, we gotta go. They're weirdly talking in the main house. <laughs> I don't know why they just come right here. But they made a mistake, so let's run. <laughs> they had to first have a, have a briefing in the main house. Maybe, uh, That we're not allowed into, remember? Maybe Hiram had to hand over the forms of indentured servitude. He was like, see? As a gesture of goodwill, I'm signing over your dad and brother's servitude to you now yeah. you own them uh but archie's like i can't go if hiram's here here's what i'm gonna do he grabs a pair of shears i'm gonna kill him we gave him the benefit of the doubt i gave him the benefit no, of the doubt for I'm one gonna, line i'm easily like archie wants because he says oh we can take him out i'm like oh no archie means kill and i thought he i don't know why he wanted to fight him but no, no, no he wants to kill him yeah and this made me think back to remember how the entire like season two arc was archie being like I want to kill the Black Hood because he shot my dad and wasn't strong enough. But now I don't know if I have, like, the capacity to kill him. I don't know that. And that was actually a kind of a cool, compelling thing mm. for it to go through. That's not a thing here. He's just like, no, no, I'll kill, I'll kill Hiram. And Archie has already learned that he doesn't need to be a murderer. <laughs> he accused me of murder. I'll show him murder. I'll show him murder real I'm good. I'll murder him right back. And I will say, <laughs> this dialogue is the worst. Yeah. I feel like we have to keep making excuses. Cole Sprouse and KJ Apa are killing it. Oh, you know, they act the hell out of it. And I'm not entirely sure what uh, what Jughead says, but his feelings are enough to get Archie to be like, no, I guess, uh, I, guess I won't murder this man. I know what he says. He <laughs> says, Archie, if you kill her dad, will Veronica ever forgive you? Oh, right, because everything's about Veronica. Yeah. You're right. Not, yeah. not, hey, Archie, if you kill him, you can't come back from that. Archie, if you kill him, how will you live with yourself? Archie, if you're, <laughs> if you kill him, you're the murderer that he, that he tried to make you be. Don't you want to be better than that? But instead, it's like, Archie, what about your girlfriend? <sighs> so, because so, everything's about Veronica. They get their backpacks. They run into the pure daylight, which should mean they're really easy to find. But don't worry. Hiram is like any villain on the show. Instead of taking chase, he goes into the bar and he sees Archie is gone. And then he just stands and, and shouts. And he stands there like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so where, bummed out. This didn't where work. did he go? Oh, I didn't this work. Oh, so hard at all, Hiram. Anyway, I got so many other things to do today. So Archie and Jughead go running off. And Jughead's like, well, there's one thing we can do. We need help. We'll go see my mom. So. We're going to see Archie. No, we're going to see Jughead's mom. They're going to Toledo. And Jelly Bean. Toledo is far away. Well, we don't know where Riverdale is. It it has to be the Northeast. Or Maine. That's the Northeast. I was thinking of the Northwest. It could also be in the Northwest. I mean, we know it's in the Northwest. We know it's in the Northwest. Yeah, but. I guess they're walking to Toledo. See you in three months. No, they'll be there before then. See you in a couple weeks, boys. And that moves from that storyline onto Veronica, where she's packing her bags in the five seasons. Nope. She's in the Pembroke. Because that's You're where right. She live. mentions the five seasons later. This isn't the five seasons. Which makes no sense. Because the Pembroke's where she stays. <sighs> so she's in the Pembroke, packing her bags. Much like Billy Joel, she's moving out. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. You're welcome. Uh... We get more of Hermione's confused character development. Like, I don't... 
I don't know I don't what get, her motivation is. I don't is. get her character anymore. She has to have, like, a writing in the in the show Bible, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's written down for in the I show Bible. I would love to see their show Bible because yeah. Hermione is so flippy floppy. So in this scene, it really feels like her mom, like... So Veronica's mad at her mom and is like, Mom, we can't stay here. Dad's this and this. And her mom's response is he's my husband which feels really a lot like or like beginning of season one hermione mm-hmm. and not i'm in the mafia hermione we I'm saw a part of this we saw it through season all of season two. two now veronica does point out that sheriff Manetta has gone missing like yeah veronica that's why you don't gloat about your your victory. plan before it's locked down <laughs> you this is your fault now, to be fair, Minetto will pay for his crimes yeah. in the worst way and not the way where he could become a functional member of society again. Yeah, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Veronica. But that's your fault, Veronica. You caused that and you don't even realize it. You don't even... You don't comprehend that way. You just think that your parents are monsters, but Veronica, you are also a monster. <sighs> so, so Veronica gets her bags and she goes off to sleep somewhere else. And she's living in the speakeasy. Which I called episodes ago because I just listened to the Mad Dog episode, the yeah. one where we first met him, how we're all animals in yeah. here. And at that point, I was like, oh, she hasn't opened the speakeasy because she has to live there. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but no. she lives there now, though. Yeah. Uh, and it's – so it's uh, – she's there. We get a weird scene where Pop Tate comes in as she's working there and he's surprised. And I'm like, she's the owner, dude. Yeah, she should be there all the time, why, also, I guess. Why, she's also, there's the, I guess she's the, also the only employee. Her and Pops are the only employees of this place. So I guess he cooks all the food and she... Yeah. No wonder they're not making any money. Get some employees. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The point is that, yeah, exactly. They're not making any money. The speakeasy isn't either. We have a really cute scene where Reggie is... He, I guess Reggie is her bartender. Yep. And he acts as a bartender giving her advice, which is actually... I love Reggie in this episode. Yeah. He's really becoming a main character. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have a bunch of teenagers playing G&G and drinking mocktails. And Veronica's like, man, these teenagers who just nurse a mocktail all night are not bringing in any money. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the problem that a lot of game board cafes are dealing with. Yep, people don't buy stuff. But uh, but she's like, oh, hang on, I got a plan. What if we just did one night of crime. Just a little bit of crime. That she keeps on trying to convince herself, maybe, is not crime. But, Veronica... It is crime. You definitely need a gaming license to run a gaming establishment. Yeah. And you definitely don't have that because you're 16. Yeah, because she, she calls up Elio and is like, hey, what if, what if we do... A casino night. What if we do a one-night-only casino? And you, can, you bring in all your friends. You bring in your games. I guess I'll make some mocktails. That's how I'll contribute. No, those are going to be full alcohol. Oh, yeah. And she drinks them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what she's going to do. And when when Elio is like, oh, how are you going to pay for it? She pulls out the... The house always wins, which is true. Casinos tend to make a lot of money because... Although Veronica seems to think that... That's just something that happens. Just a fact of the world. Doesn't realize that, like, it's because the games are stacked, so the house will win. Yeah. Anyway, uh, then she also reveals that she took out a second mortgage on Pops to pay it. So that's a sound financial decision. I don't understand what financial advisor or banking institution would ever allow a 16-year-old to do that, but okay. I don't know. Uh, She does end the scene with, with... 
telling Elio, and hey, don't tell anyone because I don't want any third party to butt in. Immediately Hiram butts in. So I can only guess he goes straight from. We can't do the timeline yet, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's there. There's a tease of the timeline. Hiram is in this is in this uh, story as well. And he he wears his black suit. Want swaggering in. And he's like, Veronica, give me a cafe con leche. And she pours him black coffee. Black coffee from a pot. And then Hiram embarks on a quest, if I can say that way, to <laughs> gaslight Veronica. It is a quest filled with terrible lies to convince her that reality is not reality. And now you don't be wrong, there can be really insidious ways to gaslight. He mostly is just like, no, that's Veronica, not... no. The paper said that that Archie just ran away because he's a bad kid. Veronica, the reason that you're sad is because Archie abandoned you. Your mom and I are just supportive. We're... We're your allies in this. There's no way you could have been sad because of things that we did. Don't you remember? You're just sad because your boyfriend abandoned you. Now, let's be clear. This is real dumb. Let's also be clear. Veronica, 100% falls for it. She is 16. But she acts like she's so much smarter than her dad. <laughs> look, look, both her and Hiram, and I'm starting to think Hermione, think they are so much smarter than they are. The Lodges think that they are a family of geniuses, and I really feel like they're just a family of people who have a lot of money and are pretty lucky. Like, Archie, who is literally a robot programmed by a genius, yeah. who gets hit on the head a lot... <laughs> Is smarter than any of these lodges. Well, and nothing that Hiram Lodge does feels clever. Or it conniving. Just, it just feels like he has a lot of resources. And he just, like, talks at things until everyone gets bored and goes away. Like, it... <laughs> nothing, nothing... He doesn't feel like a criminal mastermind. He is mastermind... Well, I mean, I guess he did arrange for his jail drugs. That's not a... That doesn't take... That's not a mastermind thing, though. No, that's that actually just money. Even, That's even the dumbest plan when, once we hear about it. He does head up the League of Stupid Evil, but yeah, and that's it's, not and it's a... stupid. <laughs> They're all stupid, stupid, though. So Hiram's like, oh, well, I, I guess you just, you know, I'm very sad, and you, I know about your casino night, and I'm upset that you come. He's like, you came to them. You're going to fill your place with criminals. And Veronica's like, They're not criminals. I'm like, like, no, Veronica, the point you make is. <laughs> My place is full of criminals right now, for you are here, father. And also, Veronica, they are criminals. They are criminals. You know they're criminals. You know Elio's a criminal. You knew him because your criminal parents introduced you to, through his criminal parents. You, He's a criminal. You've just chosen different criminals. Yeah. Maybe better criminals. Probably better criminals. <laughs> yeah, they're probably a lot, because they're not involved in this. You know they're better criminals. Anyway, that moves forward, and the casino happens. People are gambling, and it's hot, and there are young adults there. And Veronica's drinking a martini, and she's like, this is awesome. And Reggie's like, no, dum-dum. Elio over there, who is allowed to gamble. At his own gab gambling establishment. Where he set up the games, is on a hot streak. And Veronica's like, how could that be possible? The house always wins. And I'm like, and Reggie's like, well, maybe he's cheating. Like, he's clearly cheating, Veronica. You put the money in. He set up the casino, and he's gambling at it. He's clearly cheating. Now, fair play. We do find out that she's aware that he's cheating, but she should have seen this coming when she set up the plan but with she, him. No, but she still gave him the opportunity to cheat. So let's just go through this casino night. Yeah. 
So she's upset by this and she has a plan and her plan is to gamble. She's going to gamble back one hand, winner takes all. He bets all of his money. She bets the deed to Pops. Cool. I think Elio really more cares about the speakeasy downstairs. Yeah. Not so much Because he wants to run his own mini casino without his parents. Uh, There's a very tense moment where he has 20 and she does not have enough. She has 19. So she... So she hits, and everyone's like... <gasps> and it's like, well, why wouldn't she? <laughs> why wouldn't she has nothing she, to lose. Why wouldn't she hit? We already know what the reveal is. Yeah. Like, like yeah. She 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 loses if she doesn't hit. If she does hit, she probably loses, but maybe but, doesn't. But she has a chance. Anyway, she gets the two, and <gasps> she... She wins! She wins! Oh, oh, she's got it! Elio's so mad, and Veronica's just like, mm, house always wins. Veronica yeah. Lodge. So then we get the reveal, and the reveal is her daddy told her. How I... Her, and This so cheapens her character. Could she not have been like, yeah, I figured he was going to do it, so I set up my own sting just I, in case. I thought this would have been great if it was set up from the beginning. Like, when she first approached him, mm-hmm. she was like, here's what I figured. Elio was probably going to cheat. So I set up a situation that if he tried to cheat, I would cheat better. But instead... She sets up, she gives him an opportunity to cheat because, of course, he's going to cheat. You put in the money, he put in the games. Of course, he's going to cheat. cheat. And he's a criminal. Her dad says, I found out something, something you don't know. Elio's going to cheat. And she's like, Well, okay, dad, what should I do then? So, what I have. So, here's the thing. What I imagine happened, and it does not make it clear in the show, this is kind of me extrapolating. We learned that she hired, like, a dealer who can essentially switch cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to assume that Elio also hired him. Yeah, so Just, she hired him second and gave him more money. Yes. It does not make that clear in the show. But that has to be it. That has to be it, because how else could have Elio been cheating? Yeah, and how could she guarantee that he was going to pick that dealer? Yeah. To be the one that he cheated? Because he could o- pay off anyone. The other option is that Elio wasn't cheating. And, was just very lucky. And the, well, no, the dealer was dealing him hot hands. Which would have been more clever, but the but but that would involve Veronica having this plan from the beginning when she sets up the casino night. Yeah, and and like you could maybe extrapolate that too if you listen very closely to what the dad says, but it what Hiram says, but it doesn't sound like he's saying that up either. Like because Hiram says that Elio is planning to cheat. Yeah, and once again, that could be a lie. I do not believe this show nor the characters are that smart enough. That, like, his dad double-tricked her? I'm just so disappointed because they're trying to set up that Veronica is, like, the smart hotshot who's going to take her father down. And they are also doing a second storyline along with that where it's Veronica can't quite divorce herself from her father. Like, she keeps getting taken in by him. Yeah. But the combination of the two storylines just makes her the dumbest dummy. Oh, yeah. Dumber than when Ethel tried to pull stuff with Jughead. (laughs) Dumber than Archie spilling all of his guts at Lori. (laughs) Dumber than Lori and Gracie leaving Archie alone in the barn. There's a lot of dumb... There's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode because the plot demands it. Yeah. So, Veronica, now she's got all this money, and it's great, and it does bad things for her character. She goes up and pops... (laughs) Throw some real hard shade at her. He's like, <laughs> you I know, ju- this place has been in my family for uh, for a long time. And it's a family restaurant. A family restaurant that doesn't have crime. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He starts <laughs> off real subtle, then it's just like, don't do crime here. Veronica's like, it wasn't crime. And he's like, 
It was crime. It was crime. <laughs> it was 100% crime. But maybe my dad's way of doing things isn't so bad. I'm like, Veronica, what? <laughs> this, it took... Because your dad sort of helped you? Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of kind of helped you? He's still bad, Veronica. He still wants well, to murder your boyfriend to teach you a lesson. I actually, I actually wrote down, she instantly forgot Minetta is missing. Which was a good sign because what Pop Tate says is like, well, maybe you won't think when I tell you about this. Chef Mineta's body has been found. At least they think it's his body because he's been dis- de- <laughs> he's been he's been decapitated and his hands have been removed. And I'm like, well, how how do they they're guessing? I guess they're like, oh, probably Mineta. Skin tone and body type. Remember when that mutilated boy was found in the woods? Yeah, maybe it's the same guy he mutilated that boy. Ooh. The point I'm getting across is that there's no way to know that's Mineta. Unless he has this dis- distinguishing marks on his body. Maybe he also has a tattoo. Maybe which he has might... a brand. Maybe he has the sacrifice brand. Yeah, which, I mean, would he have had that before, though? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. So, whatever. It's Mineta. He's dead. And Veronica's like, wait, maybe my dad isn't good. And like, Pop's like, okay, you're my child now. <laughs> All right, you are my daughter now. <laughs> I am your father, you listen to me, and I own my restaurant again. Because, <laughs> God, you're dumb. <laughs> you're so dumb. You're so dumb. There are a couple, one, there's one redeeming part of the storyline. Yeah. Reggie. And, like, <laughs> the partnership between Reggie and Veronica, apparently it's Reggie and Veronica's speakeasy now. Reggie's doing, Reggie's doing great. I think at one point he's wearing checkerboard pants. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. He's real handsome. He's becoming a main character. But I miss old Reggie, who loved boys so much. Yeah, I mean, we always will miss original Reggie. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a cocktail of my own devising, which I have been nursing for a very long time, because I poured it when this episode, so we started watching it. Excellent. It's becoming a little bit lukewarm. Still delicious. Um, Long-time listeners to our podcast will remember the summer season when I was obsessed with 7-7. That 7-Up drink. Yeah. No, it's called Lemon Lemon. Yeah, yeah. 7-7 is a... Is a cocktail. Yeah. This is also a cocktail. Yeah. Made out of pink grapefruit, lemon lemon, and some pink gin. Ooh. Pink and pink. Ooh. It was very delicious. A little bit lukewarm, still really good. Gross. I, I just wanted to make sure I would still have some for this part. It's full of hand warmth. Well, I put it in a stemless wine glass, which... It means a hand warmth. Yeah, I should have put it in something with a stem I could cold to keep it chilled. Yeah. Or put some ice cubes in it, because I'm a classy lady. Yeah. Kevin. Then it would have melted. And then it'd be watered it'd down. Be watered down. Whew. What if I put, like, those whiskey rocks in it? That would work. That would work. Yeah. Do you want some? No, I don't want your hand warmth. Well, guys... Just so you know, pink gin, lemon-lemon, delicious combo. So refreshing. <gasps> so this brings us to the final story, where we check in with Betty. And there, in, in, are you wondering, will there be a running uh, running tally? Or not a tally, a running... Uh, what would you call that? It's not a even really, commentary. It's not narration. She has a commentary. A, she's commenting on what she's doing. Yeah, she's commenting in her head. And we should we should mention right now, we won't go into all of them. Oh, internal Betty is going to cut someone. <laughs> she has so much sass. 
so much rage. It's, she, she, at one point, Ethel comes in and she talks to her for like a bare minute and is like, You psycho bitch. <laughs> I hate you. I, I will kill everyone. So well, I guess getting into Betty's head means that we are getting a little bit more of an idea of what Dark Betty is. <laughs> and I love Dark Betty, I want her all the time. <laughs> So we start and she's doing some Rorschach tests and she gets shown them and she thinks one thing, insults uh, <laughs> Sister Woodhouse. And then says something very sweet and lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Because Betty's got a plan. Betty has a two-pronged plan. <laughs> one is to pretend to be healthy so she can get out. Two is to escape. And whichever one happens first, she's okay well, with. Well, one's not going to happen, Betty. You know this place. You... Which is why you should have shut it down two years ago. <laughs> now, now, hey, also, now that we're inside Sisters of um, of uh, Quiet Mercy, we learn more about it. And there's things that I feel like Betty missed in her uh, expose. Yeah. Yeah. First things first that we uh, <laughs> learned that, she, that, uh, that, that, we, that she missed they're giving them actual drugs, like not like full stop fizzle rocks. Yeah, like not, pers- and they call it candy. Yeah, uh, when when you're good, you get candy. And it is it is the which I, I'm presuming is heroin. They're just giving them heroin. Yep. And then she looks around and is like, oh yeah, there are people tweaking out in here. Oh, everybody's on heroin. Oh, like Betty, did you? It it makes it clear that this is no, this is not has not been a recent thing. No, it's been going on. Now, now that'll add a few questions as we get up there, but we'll deal with them when they happen. So, Betty, in an uncharacteristic act of dumbness, goes into her room and dumps her fizzle rocks into her garbage. When you should hide them under your sheets, put them into a toilet. Literally anything that's not a place where someone who could walk into your room could look slightly to the right or, and see. Or want to clean your garbage, you know, like people do, and be like, this garbage is full of heroin. <laughs> Someone's not taking their heroin. Uh, now, Betty has been here for a few days, we guess, but she's getting a new roommate. It's, it's Ethel. Ethel. It's Ethel. Ethel is there. Has been there since she drank that blue juice to do a suicide. Yeah, we. Uh, that's what we assume because it will not be explained. <laughs> but and, she's been there for a while. And if that's the case, Ethel found the best place to go and existence found the worst place for Ethel to go because apparently there. She met the Gargoyle King. And she has made herself a dream board. <laughs> that involves her, and I think I think she wants to kiss the Gargoyle King. <laughs> There's hearts around them. Mm, yeah. But also Jughead. She also definitely wants to kiss oh, yeah. Jughead again. Now we're getting the Ethel Jughead. And they, the TV show decided to take it the t- way the TV show does, which is the creepiest way possible. Which, to be fair, in the book is really, or in the comics, it was very aggressive yeah, as well. Yeah, because he's... Like, he runs from her and hides. Yeah. But I guess it's cute that she pursues him. Yeah. So, in the weirdest weirdest thing ever, the, this is the most organic thing I have seen in... And it develops so naturally and slowly, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait, that's from the comics. Yeah, Ethel is creepily um, obsessed with uh, Jughead, and that is when Betty calls her a psycho bitch. Luckily, Betty's like, I can put up with all of this because I have an escape plan. I'm going to use that thing that Veronica used to get Cheryl out. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about this later. Uh, so, yeah, Ethel has been talking to the Gargoyle King, but the only way to get there is to misbehave. The other girls are scared of him, 
but Ethel loves him. And I really thought this was going to set up a moment where Betty was going to, like... Misbehave on purpose? There's a few moments where it feels like this is going to set something up, but then it either doesn't do it or does something completely bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, Betty, I guess, baits Ethel by talking about Jughead? Um... No, no, that's not that's not now. No, that's now. And because uh, Betty's like, oh, you know, I need to talk to you about the Jughead thing. And Ethel's like, yes, he's not into you anymore. He's into me. And Betty's like, he told me about the kissing. Oh, yeah. No, and then yeah. Ethel's like, yeah, but I'm the queen bee here, not you, Betty Cooper. So you need to do what I say if you want to have a good experience here. Oh, yeah. And Ethel is the, I guess because she's really into heroin now. Mm-hmm. She she does take the, um fizzle rocks out of the garbage can and for the life of me i thought she was going to eat them but she just says to betty i'm not going to tell anyone you didn't eat these ones but you should they're good i real i would have been so creepy if she just ate the candy out of the garbage can (laughs) i wish they had gone there like because that would have been so horrifying because i mean they're drugs i'm gonna sidebar here i know she's supposed to look like she's in a mental institution uh lily looks beautiful this episode radiant like a little angel yeah they 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 i guess they really leaned into that anyway outside so, of the i guess on the grounds yeah all the girls are doing some gardening yeah well they're just like clipping hedges. potted plants yeah pot, potted hedges they need to watch out for the thorns and then we get a few a bunch of things flying at Betty at once. First of all, there's the Blossom Maple Syrup Van. Which means that business <laughs> still exists. Yeah, all Betty says is, hold on a second, there's no maple syrup here. When I think her thought should have been, hold on a second, there's no way that place still exists. Are they doing drugs again? They're doing drugs again. Oh, they're 100% doing it. They're definitely the ones who are giving the fizzle the fizzle pops. Yeah. So then we see Claudius Blossom. Yep. Uh, and then, then oh, her her attention refocuses, and there's a black truck. Oh, not black truck, a black car there. And out of it steps a man in a black suit. It's Hiram Lodge. He's really getting around. Aaron, when is this? Hiram. Now is now. Here's the thing. They does not say these are all the same day, but it feels like. So I think he goes to see Veronica first. The, the, then he goes to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. No, but the casino okay, so, doesn't all happen in one day. Well, well, here's the thing. They all take place. They all. I mean, here's the Betty's could take place over one day. Yeah. And Archie's and Jughead's does take place over a 24 hour period. Well, yeah, it's it's sort it's, of. It's, it's not a day, but it's 24 hours. Well, yeah, for sure. yeah, because they go from the end of one day over the night. Same with Veronica, though. She goes to the end of one day over the night. So did she set the casino for the next day? I mean, either that, like... Hers takes place over at least two days. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Oh, let's say Veronica's... T- we did this last time. But, you know, no, here's the thing. This one I feel a little more fine with because they did not give us... Like, it wasn't like Tales... Uh, Where Tales there was, the, like, that little overlap. Yeah, they were very yeah. clear that, like, these were happening at the same time. This one just feels like they should be, which does make me feel like Hiram is just... Man, he's busy that day. It's a good thing he's a driver. He's driving around. But I think he sees Veronica first, then he goes to Sisters of Quiet Mercy, then he sees Veronica again and reveals about the plot. Yeah. Then he goes to the farm. He has to go to the farm last. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that would motivate everything he does afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. all the other stuff seems normal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway so, so yeah, Hiram's there, and he's talking to Sister Woodhouse. And Betty leans over to a random girl and is like, hey, 
Why the Hiram? And Betty has also met an NPC. And the NPC is like, oh, he's the man in black. He's an angel investor. He gives us anything we need. Now, at this point, at this point, it should be made clear that Hiram has to be insisting that people call him that, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no way everyone's there's, just landing on that on their yeah, own. <laughs> like, like, I understand he is dressed in black, but he's just wearing a suit. Yeah, like any man would wear. Yeah. So, and he's in a black car, but so, it's a black town car, also a thing. So there's, there's no way this, like, town that's 100 kilometers away named Athens. The Sisters of Quiet Mercy, um, was it? Uh, uh, who did Jughead run into? Uh, well, there's Joaquin. Joaquin. There's no way all those people have decided individually that, oh, he's the man in black. No, no. Hiram is telling people. So, uh, just so you know, I want... I want if, you to call me the man in black. If anyone asks you about me, you say the man in black I'm the, came. I'm the, I'm the man in black. And he did it as League of Stupid Evil. <laughs> For sure. All right, so, uh, Brunelby, I want you, know you want to get your brothel going. I don't think that's going to go anywhere, though. <laughs> it's not in this episode. <laughs> We're going to get some more heroin out. I guess also some gangsters in this. Anyway, the main point is, call me the man in black. If anyone asks, man in black. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man in black. I'm... I'm uh, I'm Johnny Cash. That's who I am. I'm the I'm the man in black. Just rambling around, living life. <laughs> a ring of fire, a ring of fire. And they're like, okay, all right, money now, please. <laughs> please give money now, Hiram, <laughs> for your prison where you're making heroin in it. I'm just glad they reminded us about the League of Stupid Evil. Yeah, because they've dropped that for far too long. Betty has a thought at this moment where she's uh, where she's like. He was the one who brought Fizzle Pop to the original Midnight Club meetings. Is it Midnight Club? Yeah. Because it's not the Midnight Society. No, because <laughs> that's, that's... 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 Uh, are you afraid of the, the dark? dark. <laughs> <laughs> the Midnight Club, because it's like the Breakfast Club, but at midnight. Yeah. So, wait. So, was Hiram Megan Fizzle Pop since he was, like, a kid? Is or it a family... Did... Is it another family business thing, like the Blossoms? Or did he meet the original Man in Black and then take over his company? <laughs> industry something so i want to take just a very quick moment here uh to reiterate the fact that hiram does just do dumb things like in well i said none of his crimes seem smart like okay so he opens a prison to make drugs in with his with not even the convicts with just other people well the other people though are building the prison where but her, but they 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 keep on switching up. Some say building the prison, but some people are also saying that they're make that they are the ones making drugs there. So maybe some of them are working in the white worm, except it's not the white worm anymore because they moved it. No, the prison is where they're making the drugs. But the prison isn't built yet. I know, Aaron. That's why it doesn't make any sense. They they say that the they say that the prisons where they're making the drugs. They also say like I don't think they're actually building the prison. I think they're making the drugs in a half built prison. I'm just hold everyone. I'm just holding my head. Yeah, I'm just holding it. It's not smart crime. It's like very base level crime. It's like they haven't decided what he's doing yet, well, and so they're just keeping it. Why Why build a for-profit prison to make drugs in the prison unless you're going to make the prisoners make the drugs? Yeah. Which is a really dumb because some of those prisoners are going to be drug addicts. Well, and not only that, some of them are going to be, like leave the prison and be like, hey, by the way, when I was in that prison, I made heroin. They made me do it. Yeah, I made it. I, now that I have done my time by the, you know, the statute of... Yeah, please allow me to snitch to you, FBI. <laughs> that they make that this prison would make drugs in. So can you give me a new identity, please? 
or the other option that Hiram has is either he has, to, he has to pay them off forever, keep them in prison forever, or kill every prisoner who's released from his prison. And someone's going to catch on to that. <laughs> Someone has to catch on. Someone has to be like, hang on, no prisoner ever leaves your prison. <laughs> or, hang on, every prisoner who's ever left your prison has died. Maybe. Because there's no way he can pay off every prisoner. Maybe only the murderers, the people who have life sentences, make the drugs. <laughs> well, they're just going to be taking the drugs. Well, they got to lose. That's true. Hiram's <laughs> uh, like, I'm like, ah, I made such a dumb idea. Maybe the guards will be the ones making the drugs, and it's just a safe place where no one will look into what they're doing. Oh, yeah. You, you know what? You know what doesn't get regularly checked prisons? <laughs> I don't know, Kevin. Oh, I don't know. As I said, they keep on plying him as a criminal mastermind and he's he's not doesn't really feel like he is speaking of people who are usually really smart and are just kind of slipping because they're (laughs) in prison betty is doing some detecting but she's mostly just running down a hallway in the middle of the night trying to open all the doors and thankfully she finds the most ominous like i cannot how did she miss this door before how can i describe this door to an audience who who cannot see it it is as if she is walking down a normal 1960s mental institution <laughs> hallway. Yep. And then she rounds a corner and she has entered the master's cave from Buffy the Vampire I mean, Slayer. I wish, it's like she's in a full a dungeon. I wish I could say she rounded the corner. It's not. It's down a long hallway. Oh, yeah. She and, just didn't look straight ahead. You're right. Yeah, and at the end of the hallway, it's like worked stone and sconces it's, and a big, heavy oak door it's like she's in the basement of a like eastern european church yeah it's like she all of a sudden entered dracula and she and, and the only thing her running commentary says is like yeah that was who the gargoyle king is and i'm like you know what if you looked at any other door and said that i would be like betty what are you talking about in this case you're absolutely correct what else would be behind that door that is where he is then she hears some screaming from behind the door. And she's like, <laughs> And uh, the screaming girl goes out and she's all screaming. And Sister Woodhouse is like, no, stop screaming. And Betty has been hiding during this. Yeah. Creeps up to the door and is like, maybe I should open it. But then, then ever-present she- Ethel. It's like, Betty, what are you doing? And Betty's like, I was told to get medical records. Which is funny because that is her her original thing she's trying to do is find her medical record to know what's written in her medical file to see what's going on. Yeah. So she lied. With the truth. With the, well, I mean, she says that someone told her to go there. But she lied with the thing she was trying to sneakily do, <laughs> which is an interesting choice to make. And she's like, and I got lost by this creepy door. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I mean, have you seen it? I don't care who you are. I would go check out that door. It's like backlit by a yellow light through a cross. Ethel informs her that only the infirm get to go to the infirmary, so they need to go back to bed. And she's going to watch Betty walk all the way to her bed. Yeah, now... Betty's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day... So I guess this takes place over two Two days. days. The next day, Betty tries to act normal while trying to find... Something she can use. To pick a lock. Yeah. Which, oh, well, I mean, too far, she just needs to pick a lock in a... In a file cabinet. Which are simpler locks than other ones. So she's going to use a paper clip, which... She steals. Good which, for her. You know what? You know what? That's one of the things that in TV, I will say, works. You know the certain, like, mm. stretches I give TV? It's a trope I accept. Well, it's like silencers on guns. I accept a silencer on a gun in a TV show will make the gun sound like a cat falling on a pillow. Exactly. 
So she goes to head off to find the infirmary. Only Ethel is playing G&G with a bunch of nerds. And Ethel wants Betty to join because they're friends. And then in her head, Betty goes, ah, she did say only the firm go to the infirmary. So at this point, I thought, and did you think as well? Yeah. That Betty's going to get herself beaten up by Ethel. Because she picks a fight with Ethel. And then she starts fronting on her being like, oh, well, you know, friends don't kiss each other's boyfriends. Like, she's literally. And I'm like, oh, and Ethel's standing up. I'm like, oh, man, Ethel's going to punch her. And then Betty fakes a seizure. So I don't know why any of that beginning rigmarole was necessary. <laughs> Couldn't she have just turned around and fell to the ground? Couldn't she have just like just like been like, okay, you know, I will play G and G. Oh my god! But in Betty's experience, she's seen many people get seizures, but only when they're being yelled at. <laughs> it's true. That's her. That's her main. Her main. She only thinks seizures happen when you're shouted at. So I don't know. Anyway. but she fakes it. Yeah. In, in case you thought that maybe Ethel yelling at her about the gargoyle king gave her the seizure. It did not. Yeah. Uh, which allows her to pick her way and get her medical files. And boy, these medical files. So she learns that she has to take two doses, morning only. Yeah. Of... Julio Lapis? Yes. I believe is what it's called. And then I think she's been there for a week. That's sort of what the medical record looks like. Yeah. So after a week, they say that she's got some improvement and on decree of HL. Yeah, which is, you know... Hiram. Yeah. Her dosage needs to be increased. So Hiram Lodge is very involved with Betty Cooper's. Well, I mean, well, I, every like. Well, here's the thing: I don't think that is specifically Betty Cooper. I feel like that is just like he wants everyone to have their dosage increased to see how the fizzle rocks work on them. Yeah, because what Betty says is like, "Oh my God, Hiram Lodge is using as his test subjects as his test right. subjects," and I'm like. Wow, it's crazy that this place does so many things. It has a conversion camp in the basement. It takes in runaway pregnant teens. It is a secret drug test lab for a mafia guy. It also has a dimensional shift to Dracula. Yeah, this, man, wow, this I want to see the Bible on what they wrote up for Sisters of Quiet Mercy because there's no way it could be this. It would make more sense for them to be testing the drugs at the juvie. Yeah. Because Archie has already escaped. Yeah. And also Archie would just be like, oh, Pop Rocks. I feel weird. (laughs) Oh, man. Now I'm on heroin. Cool. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't – I don't get it. Uh Betty also doesn't get it, but she's like, I'm out. She takes her medical file paper because she might need that as proof. Yeah. And she runs. No proof. I thought she already had proof. Uh, Or did she give it to the... I don't know. I don't know. She runs. She runs through the basement. Unfortunately, this is the one place from Riverdale that actually learns from the past. Yeah, so she she runs up and she's like, oh. She finds the door with a big red X on it. It goes, oh, X marks the Spock, just like Veronica said. She opens it up, and of course they bricked up the exit their gay kids went running off through. That they know has been found out. Yeah. (laughs) And then as she stands there, taking in what has happened to her, (laughs) Ethel brings up. (laughs) Ethel, always around. (laughs) The biggest snitch. Yeah. Brings up two orderlies and Sister Woodward. Yeah. Then they uh, they force her to take heroin. I'm, I refuse to call it fizzle pop. No, it's heroin. Yeah. So they force her to take heroin, and red well, red heroin. And while she takes that red heroin, Ethel 
praise to the Gargoyle King. And then Sister Woodhouse says, ah, I think it's time for her to go see the Gargoyle King. I'm like, so this is a thing now? It's a thing they've... It's just going to be a thing that's been there forever, I guess. I guess. They are they are trying really, really hard to be like, no, no, this was the plan all along. And weaving through this tapestry with a very brittle string. There is no way they had any of this in mind during season one. There's is, no way. And is like, man, there's some shows that do really, really good retro, like retroactive. Uh, Making like, things fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is not. <laughs> Remember when the show was about Jason Blossom running away? And then actually being dead. I mean, that was, looking back on it, season one was pretty tight. Remember when the biggest mystery was the fact that no one knew that FP was a serpent? Somehow. <laughs> now now the plot holes are big enough you can drive a truck through them. <sighs> so Betty gets shoved in to see the Gargoyle King. And there's we don't some get sort of weird sound. And we don't get to see him. There's a red light on her. And she screams. And we cut back to the Rorschach test where it all began. And this time, she's a lot more pliable, I guess. Betty does not look like a radiant angel any longer. Now, it's now whatever the drug and the process did to her, it made her... Like, she, she's actually seeing the same things in the... As she did the first time. And this time, she's saying... What she saw. What she saw. Like, she's saying her thoughts. She's not saying her lies. Yeah, so which makes me feel like it's more of a truth thing it lowers it lowers um lowers filtering your, yeah yeah but in her head she prays to the gargoyle king so that's what she's thinking now yeah so maybe it makes you more pliable like it it doesn't change her thoughts because she still sees the same thing in the yeah. rorschach tests she's just as i said doesn't have that filter anymore and they're happy that she's seeing a dead body and I assume, yeah, the Black she's Hood just happy. And the Gargoyle King. Maybe that last one was meant to be the Gargoyle King. It did look a lot like the Gargoyle King. And then there's actually this, honestly, this really cool shot of the Gargoyle King behind uh, Susan Woodhouse. He's got his tiny hands. She's probably out. hallucinating him, oh, but I trust nothing anymore. No, no, she's he, definitely she's definitely hallucinating. No, Kevin, him. he could actually also be there. No, we saw in an earlier shot that behind her. Then maybe he moved in. Come on. Just shuffled it is, in. It is the show. He just sidestepped on in. Tiny hands. I'm here. Tiny hands. Tiny hands. Tiny hands. Gargoyle King got tiny hands. Uh, hands. And then that goes into the end of this episode, which nice. just happened. This episode just happened. All those things we just said happened in the show we just watched. I'm really displeased. I feel like... I can take a show where bad things happen to good characters. Yeah. Like, that's how they grow and they become stronger. And, yeah. you know, shows, stories are about people overcoming controversy and overcoming challenges. Yeah. I'm not okay that this TV show drugged a young woman on screen. Um, I found it, I found it very upsetting to watch them force heroin into Betty's mouth. And for us, just supposed to be like, oh, fizzle rocks. Well, no, I mean, they're definitely supposed to, like, the way you're feeling is the right way to feel. I know, I know, but I just, I don't think the show is giving the Fizzle Rocks the weight that they deserve. I mean, it's it's difficult because they're trying to, they're they're doing a weird thing with the Fizzle Rocks, and they're making it, they're making it very confusing by having it be, be candy as well, is that you actually don't fully know, like, they're clearly giving them heroin, there's clearly not the candy version of Fizzle Rocks. Mm -hmm. But there is also a candy version. But and apparently nobody has that. 
And I just, I feel like I mean, there's Fizzle also- Rocks is more of a like, oh, Hiram Lodge has an evil plan. You, you know, like the stakes are Hiram Lodge having a plan again. Well, the way the show always works is that it takes, um, it puts the, it, it, it's not very good with stakes. It's it it throws them all over the place, yeah. knowing where the stakes are. The level of seriousness of Betty being force-fed drugs is the same level of seriousness as Veronica being like, maybe my dad's not a bad guy. Yeah, like like I mean, the the nice thing is that her thing is the climax, yes. of the episode, yeah, and it, and it goes right into her being thrown into the Goggle King thing, and it's all shot super bewildering. Like honestly, the end of the episode is very is very creepy. It's it once again goes back to what I was saying. The the, the problem that the show has is it's, it surrounds it with a lot of nonsense, and she's never going to have withdrawal. Yeah, and the man the I, I there was a moment at the beginning of it where she was squeezing her hands, and I thought we were going to get the um fingernails, the fingernails thing, and it didn't. It didn't did not show us the blood in the hands. Come on, show. And man, the Archie the Jughead storyline is just plot hole city. Like, nothing they do makes sense if they did not know the script. If they didn't know that they were going to be sabotaged. Yeah. And, like, no, the way that anybody interacted with anybody what was made was completely bizarre. At least in Tales from the Dark Side, the heightened things when they met, like, Tony Todd and things like that kind of made sense. Because mm-hmm. the entire show was, like, the entire episode was set up that way. Well, and, like, their storyline was really atmospheric. It did feel a little Walking Dead-y. Yeah, and the problem was the beginning with us being like Archie's acting out of character, and like, and where's his scar? Where's his brand? The, the fact you can see us—that's what made me think. Like, is this a dream? We actually, we actually had to make sure that he actually still had his tattoo. Yeah, because if he didn't, be like, oh man, a dream. Ooh, how interesting! But it's not. And then Jughead goes and meets all those NPCs who gives him <laughs> way, way <laughs> information, uh, completely unbidden. <laughs> Barely asked them anything. He mostly just like, hello, good day to you. Walks up to an old woman and is like, hey, what's going on? This town hasn't always been this way. Like, those are not connected. No. <laughs> <sighs> I will also say the show has done what it wanted, though, because I am excited to watch next week's episode. Because I need some answers. I'm, I'm always a mix of Riverdale where I'm, oh, man, I'm, I, man, I need to see what happens next. I know I'm going to be disappointed. Yes. I know that is rev- how I feel. Like, the revelation that, it, that oh, the man in black is Hiram Lodge makes mm-hmm. me just go, okay. Okay. The thing with this show is I don't think I would ever be able to give up on it mid-season. But I'm never sure I'm going to come back yeah. the next season. And it's so clear the Gargoyle King, at this point, he has to be Edgar Evernever. Who else could he be? Yeah, because the thing is that the fact that, the fact that we have not seen more of the Evernevers and how close they're connected with the farm, mm-hmm. and the fact that this show just does, oh no, everything's connected, even this random town. That Archie and Jughead just find. Like, did they walk towards the prison? <laughs> and also... Where's the prison? <laughs> I thought it was being built in Riverdale. I thought that was where the um So why did they take all these men a hundred kilometers away and ship them down? Yeah, I thought, or up. I thought the South like South Side High. In the South Side, that's why they bought everything. Yeah, that's how High was gonna be the prison. You're telling me that you Or is this another prison unrelated? Well, they did kick all of the serpents out of the South Side, so now the serpents can't build the prison. But but Aaron, 
that's half this of a small town. Yeah. Dylan, no one there wandered over and like, hold on a second. Why are all these men coming down here? No one noticed that all of these like outside migrant workers were there. <laughs> Tell me Luke Perry Andrews construction man does not know who's building the prison. Well, Luke Perry Andrews is busy building that other thing that he has the contract for. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he building Hiram's other project? I the shopping center? I don't think he's building anything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's just trying to get his boy out of prison. Except for boy's out of prison. Now his boy's just gone on a stupid trip. And Jughead's gone on an even stupider trip. People who did not appear in this episode. Luke, Luke Perry, Perry Andrews. Andrews FP, FP. Kevin Keller. Daddy Keller. Josie and her mother. Uh, Moose. <laughs> Cheryl. Tony. Penelope. Either of the Serpent Boys. <laughs> There's a lot of people who didn't appear. This was very much like, oh my god, Aaron, this is seven episodes in. This season has 22 episodes. (sighs) 22. I can't believe that we had an episode full of Hiram and we didn't get even a glimpse of my sweet Luke Perry Andrews. When are they going to run out of steam? So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. So, this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Oh, my God, I forgot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> did I, I know. find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic walked off into the daylight like Archie and Jughead did at the end of last episode, only to emerge in the other daylight as Dream Archie drama? Aaron, there is one correct answer for this episode. And let's see if you can get it. There's one correct there's answer. There's one correct answer for something that happened that makes no sense, and there's no reason for it to have occurred. So when Archie got hit on the head with a frying pan? No, it was before that. It's before that. What what moment makes no sense? Little girl with a gun. No, Aaron. Don't go inside the big house. I mean, these are all good moments. You You can get this. It is the most bizarre thing that another human being has done to another human being that they've just met. When this woman shaves Archie's it's face. It's when Laurie... I don't care what you have. We have to We have to agree on this one. <laughs> I didn't have anything. It was when Laurie, a woman who met Archie the night before, shaves him. In a barn. In a barn with a straight razor. Oh my god. I know why she did it. He needed to shave and he's not allowed in the main house. He has no mirror. <laughs> I but he no she could have brought him a mirror. I also just made that up. It's not in the story, and it's not a good excuse. And also, they didn't show us this. Do you know what they showed us? They showed us Jughead talking to that old NPC woman. Smash cut her shaving him. Yeah. When we and that is like on Netflix. That is the image that's shown, and we thought it was Jughead like tending to like a scar on his head. Like we thought Archie might have gone in a fight. <laughs> Why is Archie shirtless? Um, no, turn. Oh yeah, Archie is shirtless for the entire scene. In case you didn't, <coughs> didn't, in case you didn't guess, Archie is not wearing a shirt while this strange woman shaves him. It Kevin and was po- so puzzling, even though we talked about it so much. I forgot about it. And let's and let's even imagine for a second that Lori was suspecting they weren't who they said they were. Who does she expect? Who did she suspect they were? And why did she think? Why did she shave his him? Face will make him <laughs> tell her. <laughs> <laughs> 
guys, shaving people's face does not make them reveal their secrets no. unless they're Archie. It really feels like the Book of Nine-Nine boil thing being like, oh, you wa- washing the hair is the most sensual thing <laughs> that someone can do to someone. It really feels like that where she's like, well, if I shave his face, he'll have to tell me. If I shave his face, he'll love me. And the thing is that he... It works. It does work. But that's only because Archie's a compulsive truth truth teller. And an idiot. Like, if you leave him alone in a room with anyone, he will (laughs) say everything that's in his heart. We learned that when Joaquin stabbed him in the stomach. And he was like, I have to tell you, I'm escaping. I'll come back for you. (laughs) Or when when he was fighting Mad Dog. He was like, I have to tell you, I'm escaping. Come with me. (laughs) Archie Archie is so bad at lying. He's actually like... (laughs) Forced to tell the truth. Counterlying. All right. Okay. Well, hey, if you liked that, if that was your thing, then uh, I don't know. Give us a, a rating, a review, a subscription on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you find your podcasts. Please send us a tweet, podcast MOA, podcast MOA, and tell us why Laurie was shaving Archie's face. You have to have a thought about this episode, if not just the Laurie moment. Hey, have you ever shaved someone you met the night before? If you have, please send us a picture on Instagram, also Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. And if your thoughts are so long, you can email them to us, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at gmail.com. I was going to ask, why did Archie let her do it? Then I realized Archie, Archie. wouldn't say, <laughs> say, no, she would be like, let me shave you. And he'd be like, I. Oh, I can't say no to that. I'm okay. living in your barn. Okay. <laughs> can't Sir. hurt her feelings. Remember, you can never enter the main house for reasons that will never, never be, be discovered. Because I can't imagine man, Lauren Gracie might actually come back because their dad is working for Hiram. Yeah. Like actually they could actually come back. I don't think I don't I I still do think the don't go in the main house is just just being like, <laughs> ooh, creepy little girl. I think so. Here's atmosphere. She also was holding that gun while she ate her stew. That's true. That's true. She thinks she's so cool, but her dad works for the man in black. Oh. <laughs> I'm, man, those girls all buzzed. The man in black, Hiram Lodge. <laughs> you know, the guy who was in jail but now is not in jail. Was Hiram doing all this from jail? Yes. Man, this has nothing to do with the, his plan from season one. Hiram was also only in jail for like seven minutes. Yeah. What happened to Betty in the Gargoyle King's lair? Who will be the sheriff now that Minetta is dead? What was in the main house? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? 